Welcome to your freshman year at the Tragedy Academy, where you are the teacher and we are the students. And together, we will learn from past tragedy to lay the foundation for a better humanity. The only supplies you'll need, an open mind and a sense of humor. So, tilt that chair back, talk out a turn, and never raise your hand. Because this is the Tragedy Academy, and class is in session. Now, pure scholar. Welcome to the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. My name is Jay, and I am sitting here with our original first fan from a year and a half ago, uh, Topanga Lee. Super excited to have you, and how are you doing today, Topanga? I am great. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm like, I have goosebumps. <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you. It's so awesome to finally have you on. Um, I know that we uh, we crossed paths a couple times and didn't get a chance to uh, to link up. And finally, you're on the show. Right. I don't even know how I came across your show. I know it was Twitter. It was something about Twitter. And uh, I just remember I saw podcasts in your name. And I was like, all right, cool. I was like, okay, let me add it. Let me listen. This is awesome. I think I, think I was day one. <laughs> yeah, you were, man. We were so, so like... I'll tell you, it's amazing that you can find some kind of connection like that in a cesspool like Twitter. Um, (laughs) I I can definitely say that. Um, And it's it's really not been one of the uh, primary targets for us once we realize that, because, I mean, it should be Uh, the hate that's that's spewed on there could really use some uh, a fire hose. But it it, that's. It's like drinking from a fire hose if you try to do that. <laughs> right. Twitter is completely different because I was on it when it first came out. I can't remember the year. I, geez, maybe 08, maybe? I got to find out when it first when it first came out. But it was so much fun. I had like 150,000 followers and actually celebrities were actually talking and communicating with you back then. And people actually had stuff to say. Now it's just ads. Porn, porn. <laughs> Somebody complaining about something. <laughs> yes, yes. If you were judged by your Twitter inbox in life, you would have some serious explaining to do for the DMs that you never even knew existed. You're like, I don't know you, but right. apparently you need me to know all about what you're wearing, where you are, and <laughs> and you have some kind of feed somewhere. <laughs> oh, goodness. And then you find... The good people, you there's like they're in there somewhere, like you know, you guys, and there's a couple of authors I follow that you know write books and comics and stuff like that, and you get to see some of that, but they're just they're way under here, they're buried under all the crap. So yeah, we <laughs> actually is, found. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, did you ever hear? Um, I think you did. I mean, obviously, if you've been around this long, uh, the tooth pelican from uh, Australia that we got from Damien, yeah, that, uh, that he sent in. I think I. Uh, he, uh, I'm, gonna, hey. I'm still going to try to get him on. The whole pandemic kind of screwed everything up. But if you yeah. guys can see, that is a tooth pelican <laughs> that he 3D printed and made for us, uh, which is, is super cool. Awesome. So Twitter, oh. Twitter does have some uh, some redeeming qualities. I think that um, as bad as it seems, it's pretty authentic. People oh, yeah. really come in there and scream what they mean. It's kind of like uh, wearing certain apparel. It tells me, look, hey, I don't need to talk to you. And it's kind of the same with Twitter, but I have friends that follow it for the news um, oh, yeah. and nothing oh, yeah, more yeah, yeah. because yeah. it's the fastest and the realest uh, information you'll get because it's raw. From what oh, I hear, yeah. I don't Their watch news the news. 
yeah, I don't watch the news either. I actually get everything from Twitter. It, they are really good with that. Now, I will give them that. But uh, besides that, wow. Uh, even on Twitter, I say stuff on there that I don't say, like, on Facebook. Because I have so many family members on That's Facebook. That's funny, isn't it? Oh, geez, you say one thing, all the phone calls are being made. And they're just like, oh, my goodness. Then you see your family again. They're like, hey, when you posted... I'm like, oh, God, uh, I was kidding. At dinner, you try to have a nice meal. And tell right. me about that post back on March, you know, 2020. Oh, no. Went, went drinking again last night, huh? Like, oh, God. Okay, <laughs> look, man. Look. <laughs> okay, stop. Time out. Okay. But, yeah, so on Twitter, I just get to say all this stuff. And, you know, hardly anyone likes it. But I know someone's reading it. Somebody's reading it. I know. See, I don't. I don't see you. You don't seem all that divisive to me. You seem to be a pretty open-minded person. It was one of the yeah. things that I loved about you as, as a fan. You know, when you see people uh, interacting out there, you want to see that the fans that you're attracting are the people that are kind of like-minded. And that was one of the things we noticed about you is right. that uh, that you walk that line. You're you you march to the beat of your own drum. Oh, oh wow! My mom just said that to me last night when I was on the phone with her. <laughs> as I told her. I don't know uh, how yeah. to take that. I'm going to take that as a very big compliment because yes, it is. moms are great. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, we, we got this townhouse together, me and my, my boyfriend. And she's like, okay, when you, are you guys getting married? I'm like, yeah, we'll get married. And she said, I don't see you having anything traditional as a wedding dress. I said, I found a nice one. It's red and black. And <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You got to be you. <laughs> she's like, oh, you marched to your own drum. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's See, so funny that you said that. I love that. It sounds like your your mom your mom's an amazing person. I mean to to bring somebody up like that and have them be able to be that authentic in a world that can, does not harbor authenticity in any way, shape, or form. It's mm. it's a testament to how she raised you. Yeah, you know, parents, your, your mother, yeah. your father. Uh, that that yeah. is that is uh, that that's a testament. I don't know. That's my compliment. Oh, thank you so, to your mom. Still- they're still married. They've been married for, oh, crap, 42 years, I think. God, that's beautiful. That's not true. It's 40. Maybe it's 40. It's it's 40-something. But uh, my, my sister and I, we were raised to like whatever we want to like, uh, listen to whatever we want to listen to. Even when we were growing up, you know, on Saturdays, we would, you know, clean the house, and there was Motown played. There was R&B, you know, played jazz. There was also metal played. So I didn't know there was a difference until I got to school. And I started, like, I think around fourth grade, I started getting called white girl. And you, you talk like you're white. And I go home. I'm like, mommy, daddy, what is, you sound like a white girl to me. What is, I talk white mean? They're like, okay, yeah, sit down. Let's talk. Like, like, good, yeah, good. They, yeah, there has to have, they, they, that conversation is so important. How does that yeah. go? Uh, you know, as a as a young black woman, you know, were you in Chicago then? Is that is Born that where you raised on the south side of Chicago and no white people around except for when I was in school. I went to a Catholic school, you know, the teachers, the principal, but no, 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 no white kids, all a hundred percent black. So, you know, I'm aware at that at that time in grammar school, I was aware of racism. I was aware, but I didn't know what it meant when it kept saying you're white. I'm like, what? And you talk proper. I'm like, I talk proper because I'm speaking English. I don't know. <laughs> like, First of all, who invented proper? Isn't that just a matter of perspective? What the hell does that mean? Like, if, if we said something that wasn't right, my parents corrected us. Like, oh, 
I'm fixing to go to her house. And my mom's like, you're fixing to do what? And I'm like, oh, I'm about to go to my friend's house. She's like, that's better. That's all I, I, I totally right? get that. I grew up, I grew up in a, in, you know, a very rural backwoods area and then uh, went and lived with my stepmother for a little while and she was uh, a teacher. And okay. the way I grew up, I didn't have, uh, you know, a very good vernacular vocabulary or anything of that nature. I just kind of <laughs> said whatever I wanted to say. And I think she had to like polish me up like one of those movies where you get like this feral kid from the jungle and you try to dress <laughs> him up, make him speak normal. And <laughs> I was, a <laughs> I, was. I remember I was outside and I was running outside the apartment with no shoes on. This is Florida. <laughs> And okay. she yelled, she's like, you are not an orphan. Get in the house. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, we couldn't run around with shoes either. That was, <laughs> put your shoes on. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but, but, you know, how how does mom and dad explain to to a young black woman in, in Chicago that she's acting, quotes in the air here, white or right. speaking white? I know. I remember the conversation was pretty much like, uh, we we raised both of you to be very open-minded and there's going to be some people who are not going to appreciate that and they're going to talk down on you and they're going to talk about you but just ignore them and I know for a, a while from like fifth grade to eighth grade I was scared to tell anybody that I listened to metal alone because I listen to I love hip-hop I listen to everything and like I would have posters on my wall of just Metallica and Anthrax and Faith No More and then you know it'd be SWV and Total and Aaliyah and then my friends would come over I'd take down all the all the rock posters and hide them so they wouldn't say anything and but when I got to high school the high, my high school was very diverse and I started seeing people walking around with the rock t-shirts and stuff I'm like ah okay then I started coming out a little bit like yeah I listen to metal so what because this was in uh 93 94 right right that's that's metallica's day yes ah yes so back then that still i didn't still see too many black people listening to metal but now oh goodness now everywhere now it's you know oh it's amazing now i had a black friend bring up to me one time and I, i hate prefacing friends with a race it's always weird to me because I, um, <laughs> I don't do it in my normal day-to-day but um we had a uh, one of eric's friends actually that had said that um there was a song by nickelback called rockstar and i think i've heard it before but uh, and all of his friends out in um in jersey they loved that song and it was a rock song because for whatever reason it, it they identified with it it had the right vibe, that kind of thing, but it just Nickelback. did not ring a bell. I was like, Nickelback? Really? That's, that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> it, oh, yeah. You know, I, I, love the, I love the divides in music, and I, I, it breaks my heart to think that, because um, I did things like you just explained, you know, trying to be or not be somebody in a certain moment so you can't be judged. And, you know, I had, um, just so happens I had a, uh, an interaction probably a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. And it was a young black, a uh, young black man, uh, probably uh-huh. like 18, 19 years old. And okay. he was, I was at like an outlet mall and he was, he was selling products out of like a little kiosk, you know? And mm-hmm. I mean, the dude was hustling. I grew up hustling. He was hustling. Yeah, I know, right? He was, yeah. he was doing his thing and he came up to me and he says, um, after a minute or two of talking, he says, you know, he's like, I feel like crap today. And I said, why is that? 
And he said, well, I got drunk last night and I did this. And he pointed below his eye and he had a diamond tattoo underneath oh. his eye. Whoa. And I looked at it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He made a he made a life decision at that moment. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> and and I didn't. You know, I, I kind of looked at him for a moment because he said he. The next thing he said was, "People look at me scared, or have been looking at me scared today." Mm. And I said, "I said mm. I don't know you from anybody, but you seem like an intelligent young man." I said, "And all I see is that you made the greatest decision you ever could have in your life. You put a filter on your face. If right. anybody does not like that diamond." Fuck them. That right. means they're not good to be around. Yeah. Simple as that. Wear yeah. that thing with pride because if anybody judges you for that damn thing, they're not worth having a conversation with. Oh, right. Woo. Here's a lip Oh, right. Yeah. Had <laughs> somebody told me things like that when I was a kid, then I wouldn't have done so many things to try to be accepted by the mm. people that didn't, did not, they didn't deserve me. Yep. There you go. And that's that's pretty much it. Even when it came to me liking hockey, I I love sports. Now and then when we were you're in Chicago, about, you're supposed yes! to like hockey. I know. You're one of the greatest hockey teams of all time. Oh my goodness, I wouldn't even bring it up because if I did, you watch hockey, I'm like, oh shit, here we go. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes I do, and it's great. You should try it. <laughs> it's it's fun. And when you watch somebody get their head rattled against that freaking glass. <laughs> It's That's a whole exactly new world. Like, when I started watching it, because I watched like in the early 90s when we had Bob Probert and Chris Chelios. Oh, my God. Bob Probert was knocking heads off. So, <laughs> you so you could just, be oh. naming people that and in any occupation. I wouldn't have a stick. Like I said, grew up in Hillbilly, Florida. We did not have that. But my best experience with, with hockey was Blades of Steel on Nintendo. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> because I everybody can fist fight that. in that game. Everybody can fist fight. It was the lamest fist fight too. It was like one punch and an uppercut. <laughs> but I you would to, get so I mad. Have to look that up now. I have to look that up now. I gotta get on YouTube. I never played it. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, I love the fact that you you went and you know marched to the beat of your own drum, right? Yeah. That's also you know I just thought of that. That's from Different Strokes. <laughs> That's where I right. remember it. I loved different strokes when I was a kid. I loved different strokes. I just remembered that. <laughs> um, but you, you, you chose all these things despite what people thought, you know, or or were going to think of you and that kind of thing. If you could look at um, young people today, right, that are right. growing up in such a heinous environment for social acceptance, yeah. um, what oh, would you, what would you pass on to yourself, you know, given that opportunity? Oh, geez, these, oh, this day and age, it's, it's a little different. <laughs> it's a little different, uh, especially the, the access to the internet is the biggest problem because we didn't have internet coming up. We had to actually go outside and play. Uh, the stuff that these kids have knowledge of, they shouldn't have knowledge of it. And it's, I think it's really, really messing with their heads. And I just, I wish I could say, don't watch that or, be yourself, but how can you say that stuff when every video there's a very, very attractive woman twerking and all the men like it, or she's kissing another woman, which is nothing wrong with that. But seeing that at a young age, you do that too, and, and you're not even gay. It's just, it's a lot of confusion going on right now. And it's because of the internet. When I was in high school with porn, there was no porn. Look, 
you had to find somebody who had a VHS who made a copy and he was selling it somewhere. <laughs> I never got it now. Nah. Hand to God. I, <laughs> I was just discussing this the other day with, with Eric and had had that revelation. I'm sure it's been brought up by comedians over time, but I used to uh, sneak and steal this videotape from uh, from my stepdad's like little thing, and I would whenever they were gone, and then I would I would you know put it in, do it, and then you know right, rewind right. it back and put it back in with the same spot. And then as an adult, I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh man, every time I turned that on, I saw the place that he stopped. Oh my god. <laughs> I uh, would not have thought of that. That that you all have bonded. <laughs> no, that's a horrible bond. That's no, you can't erase that from your head once you make you that that, that thing. But well, you're right. We didn't have such a you know a high volume of all of this adult content and available. things just being. Yes. Not just available, being shoved in faces. Yeah, it's yeah. it's on. You know, we describe social media as that it is a slot machine. It mm-hmm. is something that is rolling by over and over again. Mm. And it's saying death, sex, happiness, death, sex, yep. sadness, happiness. And it's just going by. And yep. it's not just affecting those kids. It's affecting yeah. our parents and us. Yeah. Our parents don't have, do you think we have a hard time adjusting to this shit? Uh-uh. They don't have a damn clue. The last thing they saw was a calculator amazed them when it hit the block. <laughs> I know my, my mom, when she got on Facebook, she was replying to every chain letter, <laughs> uh, send this to 10 people, and anything that somebody posts, she's like, is this true? I'm like, Ma, no, that's not true. I was like, Ma, you can't believe everything. <laughs> you can't believe everything that's on here. This, this, that doesn't even make any sense. What are you talking about? No, this person doesn't have three legs, Ma. Like it's, it's, it's Hillary Clinton had an octopus baby. That's <laughs> that's from Nana's Octopus and Gold Scars. That's episode four, I think it is. It's Photoshop. Come on now, but yeah, they, yeah. They, they don't have, understand yeah. Photoshop. How can nope. they even fathom that a picture is worth a thousand words in their generation? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not worth squat now. Yeah, I don't I trust a picture for anything. Oh no, me neither. I didn't think about that though. Thinking about how my parents, the last thing they interacted with truly was like a record player. <laughs> You know, because uh, my parents never had an a iPod or, you know, I remember my father had a Walkman. It took four batteries. Okay, it took four batteries. A Sony Walkman. Now, Walkman usually took two. It took four. <laughs> so that was the last Please, thing. There were like had. D cells. <laughs> I think oh, that thing had its own zip code. <laughs> it weighed like it weighed like ten pounds, right? And then it had a little strap that you could you could carry it like a, a purse or something and. And I remember this. Uh, yes, yeah. Watchman. Watchman. It was like a little TV. It was a Watchman. They called it. Oh, it I remember that TV. had the little antenna that pulled up yeah. off of it, but it was still that's like black and white garbage yeah. TV. Yes, and that's what he had. So yeah. <laughs> to them, the computer was the almighty newest technological advance to hit the earth, and it was massive and sat in rooms for the size of yeah. what we have now, and it was supposed to be spewing out facts. It's right. a fact machine. If it puts you in front of you, that's supposed to be the most intelligent thing out there. That's their last interaction or thought of Uh it. So when they start seeing those three-legged people pop out of there, we're not talking about (laughs) porn. We're talking about three-legged people (laughs) or both. It's, they they don't, they, they take it as fact. Oh my God, this is real. These stories are real. People wouldn't lie like this. People wouldn't put these things out just to, just to lie to us and confuse us and bullshit. It's happening every day. It was completely fascinating to them because their last computer, they have one now. 
Uh, my dad has a laptop now. They got an actual desktop. But before that, it was a Commodore 64. That was the last <laughs> computer they had. And that was the one we had, too. I remember you had to put the big, black, floppy disk in, press run, enter, <laughs> and then your little game popped up. So, and then after that, then we had... Then we had Atari. We had Atari 2600. And we I had remember that Nintendo. one. Yeah. Playing Pac-Man, oh, Asteroids, and Berserk. Like, oh, like no tomorrow. Oh, I love Berserk. Berserk, Berserk yeah. was great. Oh, man. That guy was just going around shooting the robots, and you couldn't yep. touch the edge because you would fry. He would literally fry. <laughs> <laughs> and then when it ended, it was like, chow. <laughs> yeah. Our parents, God bless them, at least we grew up with our thumbs in that configuration so that we... You handed them, I remember, anytime you handed an adult over the age of 30 a game console controller in our generation, oh. they looked like, you know, like a, a primate discovering fire for the first time or like trying to figure <laughs> out how to put the two things together. Their yeah. thumbs, don't, they start doing like where they put their fingers downward like they're typing yeah, on the controller. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just look at it. We should not say anything. Just let it go on because it was more comical to see them trying to hit a buzzer on Jeopardy instead of holding oh, the controller. Man. I know my father couldn't even play Nintendo because the controller was so small and his hands were so big. He's like, where's the joystick? He's like, I can't even play this thing. joystick. There is an age where we throw it out. We throw it out. At a certain age, you get pissed at technology. Yeah. You're like, no more. No more. Yeah. I stopped at four-button controllers. After okay. four-button controllers, I got to, like, Super Nintendo, played some PS1, PS2, somewhere around there. As soon as they started getting bonus buttons on the bottom, three sticks, and all this other stuff, I was checking out, man. When they're like, oh, you got to play Madden. You need, that's like getting, huh. <laughs> you, it's like, uh, you got to be an actuary to read the <laughs> The, the last Madden I played was Madden 95, okay, oh. for, for Nintendo. And I still have Tech Mobile. Tech Mobile. Super Tech Mobile. We're really ages right now. Yes, uh, and you know what? Way. I'm a Giants fan. Are you Are you a, a Bears fan? Yeah, I'm a Bears fan, yeah. All right, so, so the two best teams on Super Tech Mobile was the Giants and the Bears because you would oh. get Lawrence Taylor or you would get Singletary Sing and you would just yeah. tear it up. And just go back and forth and just beat the mess out of each other. Oh, remember the games where? Oh, what was it? Uh oh, was it? Who was it? It was it was a basketball game. I think it was uh, Larry Bird versus somebody, and it was just him on the court. <laughs> I think I, I vaguely remember hearing about this. One. Oh goodness, I don't think it was Jordan. It couldn't have been Jordan. Uh, but I'm uh, Larry Larry Johnson. Bird. I think Magic Johnson, Johnson versus Bird, and it was just. I do like, remember something like that. Figure people just on a court just. <laughs> <laughs> and then then next for me was double dribble now i, I remember love, double dribble people yeah. would fist fight over that game too yeah <laughs> it would get so mad because you could you do that shoot in the corner you could keep hitting the three yes. and you're like you're cheating that's not fair you can do that every time <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah i stopped at ps2 because then i started getting into resident evil and silent hill i started playing old games but then after that i did like resident evil but it would scare <sighs> the shit out of you if you were alone by yourself when oh, those games great. first came out i used to put it on the surround sound oh great 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 but then after that i stopped all these new games now you gotta you gotta like download a game and all well, that you stuff. can make a like career that. out of playing video games now yeah. like legit six figure seven figure career yeah i'm like oh uh, now if this was in the 90s or the 80s i would have been in <laughs> right I right it. i missed it i missed it <laughs> uh, it is what it is <laughs> talking about you you brought up that uh that discman right and 
I remember my first one because I didn't have shit growing up. But once I joined the army, I had a paycheck. I was like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. You know, and I was in basic training, but they allowed us to buy like, um, you know, like a small radio or something like that. And Uh I bought a Discman. And because you like metal, you'll appreciate this. My I, I think it was my theme song through basic training. It was Megadeth. And it was, um, I want to say Pied Piper. Oh. Um, yeah, Symphony of Destruction. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Just yeah. over and over, yeah. I listened to that CD and yeah, that, yeah. that particular oh, song. Oh, Countdown to Extinction. Extinction, yeah. Yes, yes, it was yeah. excellent. Yep. Excellent, yep, yep. excellent. I brought that up because you got to tell everybody, you have such a cool extra side. I don't know what this, you manage, or do you manage yeah. both bands or just one band and work with the other? I manage one and I work with the other. And so. you want to tell everybody what's what's the band that you manage first? Tilt that chair back and turn down the lights. You are listening to the Tragedy Academy. Oh man, so I actually manage a tribute to Anthrax. They are called Among the Living Chicago. They've been doing it for about, oh, gee, I think 10 years. They are the only Anthrax tribute in Chicago. There's like 10 Metallica tributes. I think there's probably two Megadev. The Slayer one, no, there's no more Slayer when the guy moved. But uh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, it's great. Oh, they're good guys. Great group That's of guys. amazing. And they Anthrax. all have their own band, too. So, oh, wow. So yeah. they, they gig together for the Anthrax tribute, but individually have their own bands as well? Right. They started doing anthrax in between like breaks and stuff. That's super cool. That just shows how much they really appreciate that music. Cause I gotta be honest. Um, when I grew up, I didn't have the ability to buy CDs, tapes, stuff like oh, that. Right. Okay. So all of my music pretty much came through either what I got from a relative or a friend mm. or, you know, which was rare or what I heard on fucking top 40 radio. Oh, yeah. You know, because okay. that's pretty much all you get. They weren't playing Anthrax on no. Top 40 radio. No, not at all. Because that was a whole different... But they were... I, I looked at some of the lyrics because, I, I, you know, I had to look some stuff up before you came on. I didn't want to be a complete oh, okay. total dodo. But what <laughs> stuck out to me was uh-huh. they're, they're deep. Yeah. Their lyrics are deep. Yeah. They and, are and, very political. They are very, yeah. you know, anti-establishment, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And I love it. Yeah, uh, the drummer, Charlie Benante, he said something on Twitter. And somebody commented, like, political much? He's like, do you read our lyrics? <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> that's like you- that's like Rage Against the Machine or System of a Down. <laughs> like, uh, are you serious? Right. Do you not listen to this stuff? I actually, Oh, my goodness. Me and my guy, we actually hung out with uh, Carla Harvey. You know, she's the singer from Butcher Baby. And Charlie Benante, I- they had an art show here. And we actually went, because he's he doesn't live in Chicago, but he, he's somewhere he's in some suburb so they had this downtown chicago and we went and actually hung out with them and bought some pieces i bought that's a Jordan super piece cool and he made uh eddie van halen piece i bought one of those and it was nice hanging with them and so and and well i don't know about anthrax but i know charlie is well aware of among the living he actually performed with us was it two years a year ago no shit. Yeah. I, you know, when I was looking it up, I did see when you Google Anthrax, you get a lot of Among the Living stuff because it seems like they are the Anthrax tribute band. Oh, that's great. 
Right, so I was going to say that the guys are the guys are putting out their they're, they've got a good reputation. That's yeah. uh, that's awesome. You yeah. know, when I was in Chicago, I saw two famous people while I was okay. there. Well, famous. Well, Sean Astin um, oh, okay. at Starbucks, Frodo and Rudy. Oh, wow. You know, he, he, I saw him there, said hello, got a picture with him. And then the other one, I was walking outside of my apartment because I lived on South Loop. Um, oh, OK. okay. Right. Uh, right across like. By the lake overlooking Grant Park. Oh, um, I was on like a 25th floor apartment. Oh, that's And it, it was super cool. Very oh, fortunate wow. to get a chance to live there like that. And um, <laughs> the dude that I bumped into was Bogrod from from uh, Breaking Bad. The guy who runs oh. the, the, car- <laughs> like the, the yeah. car wash. The one with the gigantic eyebrows. Yeah. Oh, I'm, wow. <laughs> yeah, well, of all people. I've seen no one. I, I I looked at him and he kind of gave me like this smile and I was like I pointed at him, you know, a little bit like you. He's like gave me a nod and smile and I was like, all right, move it on. I was like, just saw Bogrod. He's like, yeah, that was yeah, yeah. That yeah, was he was cool. He gave me like yeah. a a yeah. distance, like, yep, you got it. Yep, I think the closest. <laughs> I, oh, they filmed. Was it the first Transformers here? Yeah, it had to be the first one. And um, at the job I was working, I worked night. So I actually went over to the set at like three in the morning and uh, Optimus Prime truck was sitting there and oh, they had, so badass. I wish I still had the pictures, but it was in my other, you know, phones and all that stuff. And they had the street was like all broken up with like all these set pieces. And I started to walk on and all of a sudden I heard, miss, get off the set. <laughs> I, was, I looked around like, oh, I was like, oh my God. I was like, but my, like, my wife would do that, by the way. She used to go and sneak out of the apartment and run down to uh, further down South Street or South Loop. There would be a they always had like Chicago PD or whatever type of yeah. uh, show constantly yeah. filming down there. And she's like trying to peek around the trailers and all this stuff. I'm like, hey, there's security right there. He's looking at you. Yes. <laughs> He's three feet that away. Guy, he was waiting for me to step but I like this guy was watching me this whole time because this flashlight shine. He was like, "Miss, get off the set." I was like, "Oh, okay." I was like, okay. But that's that's a that's a Gen Xer's dream to show up on the set of Transformers. Yeah, that that's, was bad, that was our man. that was our that's our generation. And uh, oh, Dark Knight too. That was filmed at my job, which was annoying because we had to go in through the back and use the freight elevator because they were filming in the front, and so. Uh, a couple of explosion pieces that they had in the movie that was by my job. So we were hearing boom in the middle of the night. It was so awesome. That, but, that's super cool. I would have been looking out there. Get, and... We didn't get to see any of it, of course, if we had to work, you know, get to work, don't, you know, go out there. But yeah, we saw the platter trays, like it was fruit trays and meat trays and all these trailers. We didn't see anyone, but yeah, they were so, so much, there. so much waste. Yeah, I know. I, there's got to be so much waste. I totally wanted some grapes. I was like, no, let me go to work. Oh, you could have been, you could have been eating like, uh, well, I almost said Heath Ledger, but that makes me sad every time I think about oh, him. Yeah. But you could have been eating yeah. Heath Ledger's grapes. I know. You know, well, that just sounded awful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? I just heard it. I just heard yeah, it. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not going to cut that off so I can embarrass myself really bad at that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, yeah, there we go. Um, so yeah, there was that. <laughs> <laughs> so you you got to I I want to I want to reel back just a little bit um, and go back to the young 
children today, the young Topanga mm-hmm. standing there with social media interface. We talked about our parents, how it destroys them. We're talking about the images that it's causing our, you know, our younger generation to, uh, to come up in, and you have a chance to talk to them. What, right. what, what do you, what do you say um, to help them get through that? Oh, goodness. Being such okay. an authentic person, I'm putting you on the spot. Because I'm sitting here like, what can you say that these kids will listen for a brief moment? Then they'll go back to what they're doing. But you do have some good ones because my niece is 11 and she's amazing. There are some amazingly awake children. Incredibly smart. So we got a good hold on her, but that's just that one child out of millions that are out there. And, uh, you know, but see, we, we monitor her. And I say we because, you know, she got my parents out a lot. She's with me a lot. We monitor the, the tablet and who she's It takes a village. To. Yeah. There is no village anymore. There, there is go. no village. Nope. There, I, I will I will stand up and say yeah. uh, that the one of the one of the hardest things about um the being white is that nobody has a village. There isn't the same bond that you see in other ethnicities and families of that nature. I feel like yeah. that has been abandoned and it's left people just to run around and attach themselves to anything that they can to feel that kind of bond. Unfortunately, oh. they're picking the wrong things. They're taking anything that's social acceptance. That is a good point. My, my boyfriend, he's white. And so he, you know, I was telling him it didn't happen in my family, but generations before me, my grandparents and everything growing up, it was about six siblings in one bedroom with a, like, two beds and you all have to sleep together and you got to go to school together. You yeah, wear eating, eating cereal with a fork so you can pass the milk, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, there's, and there's this, this bond that happens. But, you know, he said, he said, oh, with my family, oh, we, you know, that we were raised and that was it. There was no, oh, I'm going to tell your mom that you were out here at this time of night. He was like, he's like, I kind of wish some white people had that, that whole bond thing because that is very true in the black community. Yeah. So when I look at it, I, I feel like there's a success carries a double-edged sword. When you want to, when you replace family with material items and the way people look at you and where you're coming from, um, you, you have to give up that family time. You have to give up raising your children. You have to give up. You put yourself in a two, you know, a two parent homes that where they're both working and nobody's yep. there then yeah. guess what? The child does raise himself. The child does move on. The child will become another widget maker, just like the successful parent was. Right. They've learned the role. They've stepped out of the role, but they have no life experience with empathy, no mm. life experience with understanding. They have no way to, to bond. Um, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm generalizing. This isn't everybody, but right. I feel like there's a large group of it, at least where I came from. It didn't feel the same. Um, as it did when I got around, um, you know, I, everybody knows I have tons of friends from tons of different races, you know, and genders, backgrounds, whatever it might be. And, um, I've honestly found that it's because of authenticity. Yeah. I feel like that when you're in a world where acceptance is key and there's that empathy and love that you get, you know, in a lot of the, uh, a lot of the families that, that are different ethnicities, it, it just, it creates a, a whole different world. And yeah. when you're around them, you feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to, to my, my brother's wedding in Chicago and um, the majority of the people there, you know, I, 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 I almost all or all 
were were black and you know and my friends, I was, I was in the wedding. I was one of the, uh, one of the groomsmen and I, I love, I love Andre and I love Nikki. They're, they're my, they're my family. And I got to tell you of all the weddings I've been to besides my own, of course, you know, mm-hmm. um, that was a place where I felt the most love and happiness, not where people are fake with their love and happiness. I yeah. could feel that the people in the room we're actually celebrating the people in the room. Oh yeah. That they were excited. Yeah. They felt, you know, when people were dancing, it was, it was everybody. It was just nothing but love and acceptance. Yeah. And honestly, I, I, honestly, I don't really, you know, put myself in positions where I think about what, you know, who I am, but I did feel a certain amount of responsibility being that person, because I mean, this is, this is, you know, Brianna Taylor's um, oh, stuff man. had just been, you know, and, um, yeah. You know, there, there is, we're ambassadors to where we're from, whether you leave a country or whether you're a race or whether you're a religion or whatever you are, you're an ambassador to where you come from. And if you're standing in a room with people that don't get as much interaction with, you know, a, uh, a white guy from South Florida or that kind of, you know, or dude, you have to come correctly. You yeah. have to treat people with respect, whether, whether it's, you know, you want to, or you don't or whatever it is, because that interaction does not repeat itself. That's a one-time deal. First impression. Exactly. And (laughs) unfortunately, your impression goes with everybody else that looks the same as you. It's something that we pin on every, uh, uh, that our society pins on black people. And it it works both ways. It works both ways. So standing there, I I couldn't have been, you know, felt any more accepted than I, than I did that day. And I, I firmly believe that, you know, when I get around my Hispanic family members, when I get around my, you know, my black family members, when I get around my gay family members, there's, it's the authenticity. It's not where you're from. It's not anything but just being naturally you because you attract more naturally use. Yes. Yes. That's why I love everyone I hang around with. I'm like, Oh, you all, everyone is cool. I got friends from all races, all backgrounds, all, issues even different issues even you know and mental and health I, it's real yeah, i accept them all i'm just like yes oh I, I love love i just think it's great especially when you said you know my the wedding my sister had her two-year wedding anniversary yesterday and you just made me remember her wedding how we were just all out there dancing and having a good time and i never met half of uh, my brother-in-law's side of the family and they were there and we were just talking and having a good time open bar you know it was just great <laughs> it was it was so much fun it's just just having that love feeling and that is definitely missing it's a party these children love it's There's, a party that love yeah big old party i, I love the, i love the party because you can go to you can go to other weddings and you can you could count the number of people uh, that look like they're just waiting for the moment to dip Yep. That's it. You can see it on their face. They get all shifty eyed. They start watching the bride to see when they're going to turn their back and walk the other way. So they can get out without having to throw up. Yep. Yep. After this next song, we're out of here. All right. (laughs) Grab some cakes and we're out of here. No, Mm -mm. not at this wedding. They had to kick us out. They were like, you guys are past time. They were like, hey, hey." we were like, sorry, sorry. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, that, that to me is, is kind of where, where I've, you know, had the opportunity to feel acceptance and be myself. Um, and I think that uh, if I were to pass on anything to uh, the generation that's that's behind us, and I think that um, you would probably agree um, wholeheartedly, 
And that is don't let anybody tell you who you are. Be authentic. If you want to jump up and down and scream and be stupid or whatever it is, do it because that's what you're in. That's what nature intended you to do. I know. right? If you fight it, then you're fighting nature. So authenticity, authenticity, I believe. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's why like right now with me doing what I do here in in the music, which got killed because of COVID, you know, stuff is slowly coming. How are the guys doing? How's everybody faring? There was a lot of adjustments, but I think, Oh, we got a, a huge, huge, huge advantage out of this when it comes to the music industry. Yeah. Gee, the, did you see any of the, oh, the quarantine stuff that was going on with these DJs yes. doing this stuff on Instagram? Even Charlie Benante was getting people together and redoing songs and, oh my gosh, it was so much fun. Beautiful, beautiful. Wow. Just creators being creators. Yeah. But unfortunately, here, I know there's a couple of venues that are actually closed uh, money-wise and stuff like that. But we do have a show on the 24th, and I'm nervous as hell about it. But I'm going to bring my wipes and my spray and a mask and all that stuff. And so, yeah. Oh, that's going to be great. So the 24th, where at? Do you want to plug it for the guys if uh, anybody in Chicago wants to come by and see them? Yeah, this is, what is, I think it's called Titans of Metal. It's uh, all tributes. It's five bands. I know it's the Anthrax tribute, Among the Living, the Metallica tribute, Injustice for All, the Megadeth tribute, High Speed Dirt, Ozzy Osbourne tribute. Wow. I'm, yeah, as I'm you're giant. saying this, I'm looking for my jean jacket and my hair is growing. <laughs> <and it's, laughs> I can feel it. I, I need a black Sharpie so I can start drawing the names of bands and their font oh, on man. it. It's great. And then I think we got uh, Judas Priest. Uh, oh, that's awesome. rising. and uh yeah i think that's it i think that's everybody that is a horrible plug but yeah i think that's all the bands and it's so, in lombard it's going to be in lombard on lombard okay house. so yeah so and it was titans of yeah i think it's titans of metal titans of metal that's, that's what it's called i think that's it's my new wrestling it. group we come out and like uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's my it's my tag team <laughs> and then the other band the other uh, Metallica tribute, Blackened. I haven't been to any of their shows yet because I just sell their merchandise and I'm just trying to lay low for now yeah, until I got my first dose, my COVID, you know, my COVID. Oh, did vaccine. you? I, I just got my second, yeah. the, the VA. So I'm like, yay, So I got that like two days ago. So I've just kind of been laying low at going out. I haven't been out since August. You know, just being careful. Exactly. Cautious. Doing it when you have to and then just keeping it to a minimum, being smart. Yeah. Oh, and there is no name of it. I guess I came up with Titans of Metal. You should. You should get a shirt <laughs> and start selling that one. Your merchandiser, go ahead. I know. I <laughs> you just came up with shirt. a great plug for it. I totally should. But yeah, it starts at seven. Among the Living goes on at seven. So it should be, All right. be fun. It should be fun. I mean, I haven't. Oh, there's so much fun going to the show. You say what you said about the hair and the when people go. You can tell that they pulled their shirts and their jeans out because they work these nine to fives and they got the suits on and they're taking care of the kids. And just for that one moment, you get to put that T-shirt on and those jeans, send those and kids be to there babysitter again. and just, yeah, I know, right? and just rock out, party, take your I would argue you're being authentic at that moment and the rest yeah. of the shit is what was, what was crappy. You yeah. got to be yourself for a little while and how easy yeah. and how great did that feel? You can just tell when you go to these shows. You can tell, like, oh, yeah, you you have that boring. Everybody's got position. their group, though. Yeah. Everybody's got theirs. My wife is Backstreet Boys. 
and in oh, sync and that kind of stuff. But she goes to the Backstreet Boys. She loves them. She's seen them like a million times going in nice. June. And she always goes and gets um like if it's like her and her or uh, her girlfriends or you know, Jonah's dads, they'll go um and they'll get shirts made before they go that all match like i love the, you know whoever and like for the new kids and all this stuff like, it's all the same it's all the See, same concerts are great especially when i go to hip-hop shows because i love wu-tang i used to rap i had i was in a rap group back in the day it's just, it's just something about. Uh, now i'm not gonna put you on the spot for that because yeah because i can't remember shit i <laughs> people ask me to rhyme and i'm spitting these old verses back from the early 2000s <laughs> Like, well, that I, dude, I grew up on like John Wayne rap, you know, way back, way back. <laughs> All that dude. stuff, two live crew, and I'm yeah. a I'm a down dirty South. Like we had all that just rotten, rotten music for a while dude, there. You remember when two live crew was the worst thing that was out? Now they would make it now. Oh, they would have yeah. no problem now. <laughs> yeah, they they were they were they were blushing when they heard WAP. <laughs> <laughs> Two Life Crew was like, whoa, hold on a minute. We were just horny. We weren't, you know, we weren't doing all that. I remember they had that that uh, cover with the ladies in the bikinis. And I think their asses yes. were. And that was banned. They had to put a black streak across it. Or so. Oh, my God. Right the now, black see? streak made the, made the sale. Yes. It see? always makes a sale. Go ahead. Censor the hell out of us. Please. <laughs> That's what they were saying. And then I remember they made the song banned in the USA because they yep. like their souls were being banned and I remember going wow of course I was not allowed of course yeah but right now in in 2021 oh they'd be perfect they'd be kind of mild compared to what's going on now my my introduction like to legitimate uh hip hop or or uh rap was of course it was a white group it was the beastie boys of oh, all the hey. <laughs> but it was, yes. it was, um, it was back in like 1989, 88, somewhere around there. Okay. And my uncle Carlos snuck me the tape that it was licensed to ill. Licensed to ill. I have licensed to ill. And yeah. in fact, I have, I have the, uh, hang on. right now. Nice. Got the vinyl oh, here nice. in the studio. <laughs> I got the CD. I had the tape. I got rid of all my tapes. I wish I did not do that. Yeah, I still yeah, got some I, records too. Yeah, I still. Oh, I I got all my dad's vinyl because I love like the old seventies rock. You know, the Who, the Doors, Rolling Stones. Um, oh yeah, all yeah. that stuff. You know, um, Led Zeppelin. I've got them mm -hmm. all here. I got them from my dad, and okay. you know, I have them hooked up in the studio. So every now and then, I'll put you know some vinyl on and and let it go. Oh, and, uh, wonderful! You can wonderful. hear that crackle. You know, yeah. it's so warm. It just feels like it's it's like drinking a hot cup of cocoa. It's a <laughs> Vinyl, vinyl is a two-hand vinyl. Vinyl is a two-hand cup. Yeah, when it comes is. to music. <laughs> See, that's missing too with this generation. There's no more record stores. There's no listening to an album. Put the headphones on, and you just flipping and reading the lyrics and the who they want to thank and that crackle and all oh, that's missing. Oh, yeah, it's it. it's it, it it's coming back. It's coming back. I see new creators. I see new things. I see people getting original. I see more authenticity. Yeah. TikTok shows a lot of that. You know, it's the other side of it. You see people being, you know, like just insanely original. But it also yeah. harbors exactly what you're talking about. Filters ahoy. The yeah. other side <laughs> is 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 twerking. It's twerking and authenticity. One or the other. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna we're gonna go ahead and wrap up for today. 
wow. But before we do, nice. I want to thank you so, so much. Because, you know, we put a lot of time, like a year and change, before we even released. And oh, wow. when you when you have someone out there that latches on to something that you created, you know, from scratch, it it means more than you could ever know. Oh, Those wow. hours and that time, you know, I just want you to know you're appreciated. You you are, you know, an academic forever. You will be uh, <laughs> you know, part of the TTA. Um, and as soon as we get our shirts and stuff, you're going to get yours. Oh, thank Super you. Super excited. Yeah. But, I, yeah, really. Yeah. Genuinely, genuinely yeah. appreciate it. And I'll, I'll echo Eric for the last uh, the last couple of years that we can't thank you enough for uh, oh, for, wow. for all your support. That's awesome because, yeah, I make these blue apron meals, you know, the, the meal <gasps> and stuff. Okay, so we so, got to talk after this. <laughs> I actually got a box right now, but that's how I started listening to you guys. I put my Bluetooth speaker on. And I listened to you guys while I was cooking because, you know, they're, they're, they're not long episodes. I think at first you guys started off with like 25 minutes or. We're, yeah, anywhere from like 30 to 45. It just yeah. depends on what we're talking about because we're not scripted. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I love this. I'm like, I was constantly listening. And then it just became cooking and listening to you guys. Oh, I love it, man. We yeah. need to start plugging more uh, food for thought. That's what food we should for start. Thought. We there need to go. start a food for thought. You know, you're gonna either you're either gonna get something you know profound, or you're gonna spit your food out laughing. One I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no in between. Pretty much. But so thank it, you so it, much. Thank you, you so much. This, was, this flew by quickly. I didn't even know. I told you, it, it's it just flies by. Yeah. It's it's always it's always a good time, and thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, guys. Um, like I said, we do have some merchandise that's going to be coming out soon. And um, look for, we are now launching sophomore year. Um, as in our last episode, we discussed that Eric is going to be doing a little bit more of a writer role. Uh, but he's still going to be coming on the show. In fact, he's on next week because we're doing a show that involves epilepsy. And he, you know, obviously he has, it's near and dear to his heart because he, you know, lost his father to that. And then he himself has it. So um, we've got a slew of great guests coming up. Um, in fact, I don't even know how to book them all. I'm, I'm just trying to figure it out, um, from all over the world. Um, we've even got like, uh, I think we've got a former ring girl for like the, the biggest boxing events out there, but she was also in the circus and all this other stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm teasing some stuff, but man, there's some, there's some wild, wild people, um, that we're going to have on the show. Um, other than that, thank you guys for the support. Thank you Topanga, uh, for all of the support. And remember, guys, be cool and keep learning. Hey, academics, thanks for attending another class at the Tragedy Academy. You can show us some love by rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. On Amazon Alexa, ask to listen to the Tragedy Academy podcast. Please visit our website at thetragedyacademy.com, where you'll find past interviews and blogs on our homepage, and sign up for our newsletter, Spam with Extra Grade. We're on Facebook at The Tragedy Academy Podcast, on Twitter at Tragedy underscore Academy, and on Instagram at The Tragedy Academy 2019, where we'll post recent shows, blog entries, and thoughts. Submit creative work and funny stories to us at our website or on social media. Thanks again for coming to class. And remember, be cool and keep learning. Jane, Eric, please report to detention again. 
What's up, academics? This is Jay. I'm here to talk to you about Into the AM. This is a clothing and apparel company that I came across last year that has the absolute coolest designs. And the reason why I was attracted to it is because I grew up without a lot of money, like many others, and had to shop on that outlet rack with the irregular items. Things like the fly was over four inches to the left, or the right sleeve would be twice the size of the left. It looked like I was growing horizontally. Like, it's okay, honey, you'll grow into your left arm. So you really don't get a chance to express yourself the way that you want to. You go into life, you start putting on suits, you start putting on uniforms, and you realize you'd never had a chance to truly express yourself. Enter into the AM, a team of artists and creators who share a common vision. They see clothing as a canvas to express what drives you. Since 2012, they've developed premium apparel that elevates self-expression and provides unparalleled comfort for wherever your passions take you. Into the AM's passion for change is the driving force behind their brand. They remain committed to creating products that inspire and promote self-expression by partnering with like-minded organizations focused on giving back to communities in need. Last year, they donated 1% of all revenue from their graphic tees collection to the Art of Elysium charity. The Art of Elysium is an artist organization built on the idea that through service, art becomes a catalyst for social change. For over 24 years, the Art of Elysium has paired volunteer artists with communities to support individuals in the midst of difficult emotional life changes. They currently offer 110 community programs per month, serving over 30,000 individuals per year. The only permanent thing in life is change. Supporting charities dedicated to helping those going through these changes, trials, and tribulations require a never-ending commitment. The onus is on us as creators to affect change through our true, authentic talents, and Into the AM is the model of how this is done. Their clothes are handcrafted with care. They have a team of skilled artisans that craft each garment with the highest quality fabrics and eco-friendly inks. Not to mention, these things don't shrink, they don't fade, and they fit as if they were designed supernaturally. I'm stopped every time I wear one of the graphic tees to find out where I got it. The colors attract attention from miles, and the art is nothing short of spectacular, with designs for everyone. One of my personal favorites, Twilight Maiden. Go take a look. Into the AM does all of this while putting their money where their mouth is. 30-day money-back guarantee, lightning-fast shipping, and hassle-free returns. The deals are endless. Graphic tee bundles, discount promo codes. Get over there. Check it out. I'm highlighting the tees. But I'd be remiss to not mention that if you want to walk around in the absolute most comfortable shorts, joggers, and basic tees, hit up into the end. I even wear the basics to the gym. Head on over to thetragedyacademy.com, go to our sponsors tab, and follow the affiliate link to the Into the AM store. Help support Into the AM and the Tragedy Academy by purchasing the absolute best apparel and the best designs ever. And remember, academics, be cool and keep learning.